Hi, everybody. My name is Billy Phoenix. Welcome to the Lead Pastor Podcast, a conversation that we've designed to equip and inspire lead pastors. In our second series of this podcast, we're talking all about multi-site. And so this episode is the third part of a three-part conversation around multi-site with our friend Lane Jones. So thanks for tuning in today. Hi, this is Lane Jones, and welcome back to the Lead Pastor Podcast. I'm concluding a three-part conversation around the wonderful world of multi-site. And uh, we began by asking and answering the questions, is multi-site right for you? Uh, And when are you ready? Or when will you know that you're ready to go multi-site? And then we looked into the whole idea of how will decisions be made in our multi-site structure? Where do we fall on the continuum of autonomy to centralization, and then ultimately answering the question, who's going to control the money or how will we manage the money in in our system? So the question we're going to answer in today's podcast is when and where do you put the next site? Now, I'm not talking about the initial uh, second site. Talked about that in the first section. Uh, Got to be ready uh, with your mission, vision, and values so clear that they're reproducible. And you have to create enough margin, both financially and with your staff, to uh, to take on the challenge of multi-site. The, uh, today, I want to talk about when and where do you do the next site once you've answered both of those questions. So this is probably more applicable to your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever uh, number of sites that you're doing. And the question that I would say you need to wrestle with or you need to to look into is, does your approach require greater emphasis on excellence or growth? Excellence or growth. And here's what I mean by that. Um, If your model or if your expansion model requires that each campus be just as good or offer just exactly the same level of excellence as the previous model or the previous campus does, then excellence needs to drive your decision. When when a campus is absolutely ready and you're ready to launch another campus at that level, you're able to take that step. But if your model provides for maybe faster growth or growth where People who attend the next campus won't really have access to or have been exposed to a previous campus, you may be able to expand at a a quicker rate or a faster growth cycle. The model that we have created, again, because all of our campuses are within 20 to 25 miles of one another here in the Atlanta area, is that we lean toward excellence over faster expansion. And uh, again, our model drives that decision because we practice what we call a cannibalization model. Now, a lot of people think that's just a terrible term for it, but by that, what we mean is when we are full at a particular campus, uh, we look for the area of town or the area uh, around that campus where maybe around 30% of those people live. If we can find a pocket where 30% of those attenders live, we'll go on the other side of that by a a little distance. And then we'll say, this is a good site for a campus because we want to cannibalize the initial campus to the benefit of the future campus. So a good example, when we were ready to launch 
uh, Brownsbridge Church in 2006, we looked at where the attenders of North Point, which had really filled to capacity at that point, and we needed to offload some people. Uh, we saw 20 miles north of us, um, or, or within 10 to 12 miles north of us, about 30% of our attenders were living. So we moved about eight miles further than that and looked for property about 20 miles from, from North Point, 20 miles north. And that's where we put Brownsbridge Church. And when we opened Brownsbridge, we offloaded uh, around 1,500 adults to, to Brownsbridge. And again, the number isn't important as much as the model that we created was a, a cannibalization model that said, we're going to go just far enough away that everyone doesn't leave, but close enough that a substantial number, again, 25 to 30% of the attenders would be willing to move in and create that new campus. And we feel like the upside to this approach is that we're able to move into a new campus with a committed core of people who understand our model, who, who have invested in our model, and who serve in our model. And it really goes a long way toward creating that initial foundational culture for that new location. Now, the challenge that comes with it, though, is that we also have, thir- you know, everybody who walks in the door knows exactly what to expect from where they just left. And if they don't experience the same level of programming, the same level of excellence, and and have that same feel that they had, ultimately, they will go back to where they came from. So again, this is where we will skew more toward waiting till we can do it really well before we take that step. And so it maybe it slows down our growth a little bit, uh, but ultimately, it's the model that we've created. Now, In the intervening years, we've learned that if we can cast a vision to say, you know what, if you'll give us three years in this temporary location, and yeah, we're going to have a little bit lower excellence level, but we're building toward creating environments that you not only, you know, understand and have seen, but that will be attractive to your friends in this area, that people will go along that journey with us for a period of time. Uh, But ultimately, we've got to give them the assurance that one day the excellence level is going to be right back where it was. Because again, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot because they will be tempted to and many times go back to the originating campus. Now, the secondary benefit that this allows us is that it creates empty seats at the first campus. And uh, so what that has enabled us to do as we've expanded our campus model across uh, North Atlanta is that it has opened up seats for our attendees who remain at that campus to invite more and more friends in and to continue the, the growth and impact of campuses that are 10, 15, 20 years old. At the same time, we have great uh, relationships with amazing churches that uh, would practice what I would call a missional model of expansion. And that is, we're looking for opportunities in communities that don't have a church aligned with our mission, our vision, and our model. And we go there and we plant a church. And we're not really going to have anybody coming from our current location to go there. So we're able to maybe go a little faster because we don't have to have the uh, excellence level or the finish level of a 10 or 12 year old campus at a brand new campus because these people will have nothing to compare it to. So we can move a little bit quicker, but now it still has to have a level of excellence to attract people and to to engage people in what we're doing, but it doesn't have to match where we've come from. And this approach is particularly 
effective I've seen in, in rural areas where um, a town may be 30, 40, 50 miles away, uh, close enough by for a, a church to to work there and to uh, plant a campus there, but not so close that people are going to compare the new campus uh, to the old campus. And we work with a great church called Rivertown Church, uh, led by Paul Smith. And uh, it, it's across sort of the panhandle of, of Florida. And they've taken this approach and they've been able to um, open campuses across the geographic area built around their mission and their vision, uh, but have been able to do it more quickly and uh, uh, than we would be able to do it because no one is comparing, again, campus A to campus B, C, or, or D. So, so obviously, there's more than one way to expand in a multi-site ministry. The conversation is deciding in advance, how are we going to do it? And then let that inform how quickly you can go and where you need to go with your next site. So at the end of the day, multi-site can be challenging, but done in the right way at the right time. It can provide exponential growth to your organization. Hey, before you go, if you're a partner in the North Point Network, be sure to check out the conversation to go with today's podcast, and you can find that at northpointpartners.org. If you're not a partner but would love more information, click on the Explore Partnership link in the show notes to learn how the North Point Partner Network could help your church go further, faster, 